loves, welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast. This episode is a major, you know, turnaround or segue from our last two episodes talking about conflict. Today, we are talking about spirit communication. I've had quite a few people ask me lately the same question or version of the question. How does spirit communicate? How do readings work? And if I ever get the same question or the same idea more than two times in one week, I I sort of, that's my symbol that, okay, I need to be talking about this more. So hopefully today's episode is helpful. Honestly, just preparing for this episode was helpful for me. It's always good to be reminded, even if it's something we already know, I might, you may not have been focused on it and it's just helpful to be reminded. So today we are focusing on spirit. And as you may or may not know, I'm a channel and a medium, so channeling spirit can use me to communicate. I can speak to spirit, whether that's angels, guides, or loved ones who have passed on. Um, You know, channeling and mediumship is, is interesting, and I could share more about it and my process and what the readings are like. But today, I want to focus on what's most helpful for everyone. So today, we're focusing on other forms of spirit communication where spirit is communicating directly with you rather than going through me or another intuitive communicator. So the first foundational piece of information to know is that spirit is subtle. And because spirit is subtle, it gains you know weight or significance by repeated affirmations of the same message. So just one hint or sign from spirit often isn't enough for our human brains to notice or we notice but we don't accept as truth. We doubt it. And so spirit will often send signs in multiple ways at different times and able to help us get the message, to really integrate the message. So an example of this might be that you had a thought out of nowhere about someone, just out of nowhere you thought about someone. And when you recognize that you were thinking about them, you might consider calling them going, oh, I thought about so-and-so today. I should really call them. And then later in the day, somebody else mentions that person by name or mentions somebody else with the same name. And you say, that is so funny. I thought about them today. How interesting that you would bring them up. Coincidence like that, or that's a sign from spirit. That's spirit telling you, Okay, it came up once, now it's coming up twice, that's your sign, this is your nudge. Another example might be that you had a dream or you saw a specific animal that had meaning for you. And then later in that same day, you saw an angel number or you got an affirmation to that meaning from the dream or from the animal, right? And so it's like you had two different types of communication back to back. And this type of communication can feel very abstract to us even if it's not actually that subtle. But because it feels abstract, we have a hard time holding on to it. And by abstract, I mean Spirit didn't write a book called What Amy Should Do Today, How Amy Should Respond to Such and Such Today, and then give it to me to read. And signed, Your Angels, right? And of course, Spirit has channeled many books um, that are helpful in our personal lives. They continue to communicate, and that communication is varied. And it can feel as though it's all in our heads. We can convince ourselves that we're just making it up, these spirit communications. And sometimes the fact that it's what we want to hear makes us even more convinced that we're just making it up. And P.S., how sad is it that the human condition is often that we believe it's too good to be true? Like, oh, I just wanted this communication, so 
because I wanted a sign from spirit. Now that I'm seeing that animal or I'm seeing that number, I'm only seeing it because that's what I wanted. It's not actually spirit communicating, etc. So we have this whole mess of stuff regarding spirit communication because it's subtle. So just trust that just because it's abstract doesn't mean it's not real especially when it's repeated and it may not be repeated in the same thing. So if you saw an animal sign in the morning, but in the afternoon you got an angel number or you got a repeated thing, like those repeated occurrences of similar affirmation, that's a sign to you. So now that we've sort of said it's subtled, but it's often repetitive, it's often varied, let's let's kind of dive in into the ways in which spirit can communicate. I've sort of hinted about them already. Um, and I should point out at this point that when I'm referring to spirit for now, that's encompassing all beings, angels, guides, loved ones, etc. If, and when there's a difference in communication methods, I'll, I'll highlight that. So let's get started talking about numbers. These are angel numbers. Um, 99% of the time when you see numbers, this is angels and spirit guides. Occasionally loved ones will utilize numbers to communicate, but it's only if we had a relationship with that number in real life. Like just last week I had a reading with um, someone and their mom had passed away. And I told the client, I go, this is so funny. I just keep seeing the number three, 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 three. Um, you know, does the number three mean anything to you? And the client had lived at a three, three, three address. And so her mom had been sending her threes, meaning that the client kept noticing threes after her mom passed away and thinking that her mom must be sending her these 333s because it was this known piece of information that they had in common, that they both had this relationship to living on 333. So by me bringing it up in the reading, it was her mother's way of affirming, confirming that the threes were indeed for her daughter, that the client client was not imagining it, that it was a way of her mom showing her that she was with her and sending her love. That's That's rare that numbers come up in a mediumship experience. Usually, 99% of the time, the numbers that come up are from angels. And angels can use anything to communicate because everything is energy. Angels manipulate energy. But numbers are a specifically helpful tool because we have them everywhere. They're on clocks and driver's license plates and driver's licenses. And they're on license plates. I mean, they're on our phones. Like, numbers are, they're everywhere. And so it gives the angels ample opportunity to communicate with us. So if you start noticing numbers, look them up. Put into your search engine, angel number one, two, three. And yes, repeating numbers are often angels trying to get our attention. So you may have seen 1111, 1212. They're reminding us that they're present. Um, but we also notice numbers in other ways. Like I'll notice a glitch on my phone in certain apps, whether it's like a, a voicemail or something. The message will say, Two, three, two, three, two, two minutes and 32 seconds. But then when I hit play, it'll change to, you know, six minutes. And I know, you know, skeptics out there will say, well, the message just wasn't fully loaded yet. And so in that case, it's just technology being technology. That two, three, two didn't mean anything. But if you're paying attention, you'll notice you'll notice the number differently. Like there's plenty of times I look at my app and I see a 232 and I'm like, yeah, okay, message 232 and I hit play. And even if, even if the number does change, like you'll, whatever. But sometimes you'll just, you'll just notice 
that energy differently. You'll be like, huh, that's number 232. And then you'll hit it and it changes. You go, that was an angel number for me. Okay. And if you're unsure if you're making it up or not, just look up the number and see if the message resonates. If it resonates, then you'll know. And these numbers are going to appear more now that we're having this conversation. Like if you've set the intention that you want more communication from spirit, these numbers are going to pop up more. Um, And a tip for using angel numbers is always use the same website. Our angels know which tools we use, whether it's a website or a book. And so they try to work within our preferred systems. So I have a favorite website for angel numbers because it explains how the numbers, quote, add up the different energies and the numbers. And it's a blog called Sacred Scribes. Another reason I love this website is because she has so many numbers. It doesn't stop at 1000. So I'm linking to that in my show notes. Um, and for this episode, I've used angel number 61 because this episode's airing on June 1st. So if you go to my website and you click the sacred scribes link, it's going to take you to angel number 61. Um, whenever you search for angel numbers in the future, you can look for sacred scribes URL as your, as your go-to source. Um, and I'm not an affiliate of any kind. I just prefer her blog spot compared to some other websites. When, when we're talking specifically about angel numbers. Okay, but let's talk about animals. Many people have heard of loved ones sending animals, like relatives that have passed on, cardinals, butterflies, um, other small birds and bugs, but the famous examples would be cardinals or doves or butterflies. And, you know, animals can be a little bit trickier to decide if it's a loved one or an angel or a guide. Um, so if you take special notice of an animal, just ask yourself, who's communicating with me right now? What's the message? And then just listen to your intuition, whether it's your first thought or your first feeling, or if you get like a download, a knowing, oh, that's my grandma. And she just wants me to know that she's with me right now. Whatever that first instinct is, don't talk yourself out of it. Just allow that to be your message for now. And if that wasn't what spirit intended, rather that's a loved one or angels, then they will continue to send you signs to give you greater clarity. And regarding loved ones who have passed on sending animals, typically that's done the most soon after their passing, like in the in the first days and weeks after their passing. And then after they've passed on for a while, once their passing starts to settle in a little bit and you, and you maybe started to accept um, rather than resist the change, then their way of communicating will often change. They may show up in dreams. You may think about them randomly. You may even feel them around you. This is very common. And our human brain wants to tell us that's too good to be true. I couldn't actually be feeling my loved one. Um, But often you are. And they may continue to send animals, but typically that's that's really prevalent in the days and weeks after their passing. Um, another way that our loved ones specifically, I mean, less so with angels and more so with loved ones, is coins. Some people prefer coins. And again, it's all energy. So some people prefer working with the energy of coins. Other people prefer working with the energy of the birds and the animals. They 
regarding loved ones who have passed on, they do what works for them. And this is an example of our loved ones and our angels and guides communicating differently because our angels and guides are proficient at communicating in all sorts of ways. So if we make a request of like, send me a number while I'm driving, then that's within the realm of reason for our angels and guides to do. But for our loved ones, communicating in the physical realm, it's a skill. It takes practice. They may not vary that much in terms of the signs that they send. But that being said, our loved ones are with us more often than we usually recognize. And the only way to get better at knowing when they're there, if you want to, it's not a requirement, um, but it's to start noticing the more subtle energies and not to second guess yourself so much. And then if you are second guessing, ask for clarity. Say, okay, if this is really you, please send me another sign. All right, we've come a long way from like the animals. So let me get back to that. With angels, animal communication might be that you notice a certain type of bird, like a hawk or a blue jay or a crow, like something notable. And maybe it flies alongside your car or it does a circle above you or it it does something sort of noticeable. It's sitting on a wire near your house and you've never seen one sit there before. This is where it's important to have a system. So in the case of numbers where I said, like, always have your favorite blog that you use, your favorite website that you use. Same thing with with animals. Have a book or a card deck that you use to research the spiritual meaning behind a certain animal. Um, the spirit will then try to work with the animals that are within that book or that card deck. Now, if whatever system you use isn't conducive to either the message they want to send or animal that it makes sense to send, then yes, sometimes they'll send you something else. If you don't have a go-to resource that makes sense, then just do an internet search. Spiritual meaning of otters or whatever the animal is. So I'm listing some resources in my show notes um, with links, but I have a favorite book and the favorite book that I have is called Medicine Cards. And it is actually a book. I mean, it, it comes with cards as well. Most quote, like card decks or oracle cards come with a small, um, sort of like companion book. That's like a resource, but the medicine card book is more of a standard size book because it tells the story. It includes native American stories behind each animal. And I happen to have some native American heritage. So I, I grew up with the medicine card book as a resource. So that's why it's a favorite for me. Um, another favorite resource regarding animal and spirit communication is Colette Baron Reed's Spirit Animal Deck. Um, if you're familiar with Colette Baron Reed, you probably know she has a lot of decks. Her Spirit Animal Deck is actually my favorite of hers. Um, for me, the Spirit Animal Deck goes deeper and provides spiritual meaning behind the answers. Um, but if you're just looking for a quick clarity, should I do this? What's the outcome of this decision? A yes or no. Her deck of um, Wisdom of the Oracle, that's a great deck. And so I will link to both of those in the show notes. But one more thing about communicating via animals. You don't have to physically see the animal in your front yard. Like you may notice them 
in an advertisement on Facebook, in someone's email. You may see an image on a billboard, in a painting you walk by while shopping. You may see it drawn in chalk somewhere, on a stranger wearing a shirt at the park. Like, the animal could be sent to you in many different forms. It doesn't have to be a physical live animal, although sometimes it will be. Um, an easy way for spirit to communicate with us through animals is in our dreams. Oh, you guys, I have a long history of dreaming about snakes. Um, because snakes shed their skin, they often represent change and personal transformation. And so I often dream about snakes before I'm going to go through any big change. If I'm going to leave a job, if I get married, have kids, etc. I was going to start grad school. I will dream about snakes. And when I was younger, I would dream, <laughs> I would dream about snakes trying to bite me. Like I'd be like surrounded by them and they'd all be lunging at me, which makes sense because historically speaking, I'm not a fan of change and transformation. I'm very much a like tourist. I like to eat the same things, go to the same restaurants, watch the same shows. So it would make sense to me that <laughs> it's, it's less about the animal of the snake and it's more about the change. Um, but there would be other dreams in which snakes would never attack, but they would just be there looming. And I'd be just like on edge the whole time waiting to like, see if they were going to attack. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay. So my most recent snake dream, this is so fascinating. I'm going to tell you the whole dream. It's so fascinating. I dreamt that I was trying to get to this house. Like there was this path and I was trying to walk the path to get to the house. And the path was pretty straightforward. But the house was actually glass. It was like completely see-through. So even in my mind, like I thought, oh, if I get to this house, like they're still going to know I'm in there. Um, so it was just interesting. I was trying to get somewhere that was almost immater immaterial, right? Like it, it could almost even be an illusion. So in this dream, I look down and I realize I'm invisible. Like I can't see myself. Nobody else can see me. But the snakes could sense me. Like they probably were like picking up on my heat or something, but they could sense me. So I'm at one end of this path and I need to walk the path to get to the house. But I do not feel safe because on either side of the path, there are all of these snakes. And they're all upright, like as if they could lunge at any minute. You know what I mean? Like their entire body isn't down on the ground on their bellies. Like they're upright, paying attention. And after thinking about it for some time and consulting with a friend of mine who's also a channel, we discussed like the glass house being the idea of my business, this business that I've started, this entrepreneurial spiritual communication business, and that the snakes are representing all of the new things that I'll have to do and learn and change in order to make the business successful. Like, you know, marketing and emails and podcasts, like you have to do the work, a bunch of stuff I've never done before. So the house being made of glass is of note because what if it is just a mirage? What if it's immaterial? Like I could cross this path. I could go through all the work of learning these new skills, somehow survive these snakes and then get there. And it's like, there's no there there. Like the business could flop. Right. So it's just, it's fascinating. I could learn all these new things. There's all these snakes. They're watching me. They might be out to get me. I'm, I could try to make the change and fail, or I could get be successful, but then it wouldn't actually be successful. You know what I mean? Like I could learn the new skills and put myself out there and do all the things that are uncomfortable and scary and still not 
be financially successful. So the dream was representing my fear of either dying in the process or going through the big scary change process and it not being worth it. Oh gosh, it was so terrible. But it was so helpful also because we we need to process this stuff. And you know, a note about, you know, this dream and all animal dreams, we often wake up in the middle. Like I woke up while I was on the path and the snakes were aware of me, but none of them had lunged. They were upright. They were in a position that would that would connote that they were paying attention if not preparing to strike, but none of them had. And another note about dreams in general, they get more emotional the longer we sleep. So the longer we've been asleep, the, the more heightened the emotion. And fear, huh, fear is our strongest emotion. So typically, those are the dreams that we remember. And it is unpleasant, but it is helpful. In my case, I was able to recognize that I had a lot of fear about starting this business that I hadn't acknowledged or processed yet. And because I had the dream that started the emotional process of acknowledging all the fear and releasing it, it allowed my body to not be the decision maker. Because what happens is when we don't acknowledge that fear, the fear drives us. So by allowing the fear a chance to speak and to be, you know, I hate when my brain forgets words, acknowledged by giving fear the chance to be acknowledged and released, it created room, it created capacity for motivation, alignment, determination for those to be the dominant driving emotions. And it's not as if, okay, I realize the meaning of the dream, I process my fear, and then I'm done, I won't have fear anymore. But it helped initiate that process and it helped bring further clarity to my mind. So now I know when I'm having fear, oh, this is just my patterning. I'm just afraid. It's okay to be afraid. I get to decide what I'm going to do. Am I going to continue to pursue or not? But it, it gives me a way of analyzing the emotion rather than just letting the fear decide, okay, I give up. It's too scary. It's too dangerous. So though the dream was uncomfortable and scary and just stressful as all get out, it helped me to process and to, to move, to shift the energy. And our dreams are often about processing fear or they're processing any emotion that's been in our subconscious that we haven't yet given voice to, which is such a great opportunity because when we give voice to emotion, it takes them out of the driver's seat. Okay, we're going to shift away from animals and more into dreams because now we're into dreams. So our loved ones can actually come through in dreams. So in the case of the dreams with the animals, that's typically more of an angel guide thing, but it could also be loved ones sending us animals. But in terms of loved ones visiting, like they could show up in our dreams, meaning we could see them physically and recognize them. Um, that's actually quite difficult for our loved ones to do. It requires practice. And when it goes wrong, it can be really scary. <laughs> so I have two grandfathers who are in the non-physical realm. They were alive for many years of my life. They're both non-physical now. And one comes in dreams and one likes to just knock stuff over. <laughs> Meaning like when he's visiting, like stuff will fly off the wall or books will fall off the shelves. Like with one grandfather, if he's visiting, something's going to hit the floor and kind of go bang. But my grandfather that comes in dreams, 
The first time he came in a dream, it scared the daylights out of me. I dreamt I was walking around this house, and then, like, all of a sudden, I noticed his face right outside a window. And it just, it felt like something out of a horror movie. I'd been peacefully sleeping, just wandering around the house, and then, ah, ah, there was this face outside the window. So, it scared me. And at the time, it took me a while to even realize that that's who it was because the dream was so jolting that I don't think I even realized it was my grandfather for a while. And even then, I think the only time I realized it was because I'm a medium and I'm able to communicate with him very directly. But the next few times he showed up in my dreams, it was more like he was just walking by in a crowd and I was just able to notice, oh, look, there's my grandfather. Oh, look, there he is. Like it was just him being there. So he was evolving the method in which he showed up. Then eventually he became more of a messenger, more of a presence in my dream where he would be sort of have like a starring role, but his way of showing up in my dreams, it evolved. It took time. He had to practice and try new things. And we sort of had to work together to see what worked in order for us to communicate in dreams. So I share all this because if you are wanting a loved one to come through in your dreams, know that it is difficult, but that they will learn. And if you have a loved one that you dream about already, perhaps if you have a loved one that where you get to sit down at a table and have a full-blown conversation, know that that is rare. I mean, it's common and that we hear about it, that that type of dream, I was sitting at a table having a conversation. That's a known phenomenon, but it's rare. That sort of direct communication it is what most people long for and never get. So if if you have that, just be appreciative. Know that your loved one has practiced in order to be able to give you that experience and just appreciate it because it's not something that everybody will get with their loved ones. Okay, so we've talked about numbers and animals and dreams, and I'm just going to kind of quickly go over some of the other ways that spirit likes to communicate that are less common or actually are probably just as common, but they're less widely known, less talked about. The first way is colors. Some people notice color more than numbers. So angels will send colors. And again, color is just frequency, but some people have relationships to color. When they see yellow, they think of a certain person or they feel a certain way, or they know that this means move forward. This is positive affirmation or watch out, reconsider. Um, so if you're a person that has color, angels will send you colors. You might see something like the inside of a book, that first page, the cover page. It might be a stranger's outfit. It might even come up in conversation. But for some people, being sent a color um, is a sign. And I'm actually making a note now. I need to add this in my show notes. Um, if you're a person that likes to communicate with color, I will link to Dougal Fraser's book. I forget the title of it now, but it'll be in the show notes. He has a wonderful book around what different colors mean. Um, and if his book doesn't resonate with you, then find your own system for color. Uh, okay. So another way spirit communicates is movement. And this sounds super abstract and it, it can be abstract, but spirit loves to connect with us in nature because it's very grounding. It's easier for us to be grounded and present in the moment in nature. So it's a great opportune time for spirit to connect. So movement in nature is actually a very interesting way for spirit to remind us they're present. They're helping us. We're not alone. We're in tune. Um, if you ever notice the wind in the trees in a certain way or a leaf falling on your foot, 
you know, or something like directly in front of your path, if you just notice something a certain way, that's often spirit reminding you that you're connected, you're a spiritual being, we're here, we're supporting you. Um, or it could be an invitation to get grounded and to kind of come back to the present moment. I went through a brief period. It was actually, I think when spirit was trying to get me to recognize that I was channel and a medium, I had several months where, um, it was funny at the beginning of COVID, I was outside with my kids all the time, trying to keep them happy while my husband was inside on, on calls. Um, so during the COVID lockdown, I swear it was almost every single day leaves would fall off the trees and they, they would, I don't want to say hit me in the face cause that sounds violent, but they would, they would touch my face. Like a leaf would somehow find its way to my face every day. And I would just laugh. Like it was just my affirmation from spirit. We're with you. Like we know this time is hard, but we're with you. You're going to be okay. So spirit will follow your lead and communication as well. Like as soon as it became apparent, Amy thinks it's really funny when she gets hit by a leaf. They did more of that, right? And leaves falling on my foot, like that was cool. And I'd be like, oh, that's nice. Like I feel like that was intentional. Um, you know, that leaf could have landed anywhere in this whole yard. It landed on my foot. But the second one hit my cheek, I just thought that was so funny. And they kept doing it. Okay, another way that spirit communicates, strangers. And again, this seems sort of abstract because this could be many things. But if you have sort of a chance encounter where someone is saying something nice or says that you remind them of someone, like something like that, that can often be spirit. Sometimes we're put in people's path for a reason. So if you feel called, like let's say you feel called to buy somebody's drink or you feel spirit nudging you to do something, maybe that person needs a reminder that they're provided for. They need a reminder that they're seen. Like that's spirit's way of nudging you to give that person the experience that they need. So that's you behaving on behalf of spirit. And it's the same for us. If somebody's bought us a drink or they're giving us thanks or they're recognizing us in some way, that's often spirit speaking through them. So if you're sort of bewildered, like you're too confused or surprised to be grateful, like if something happened and you don't quite understand it, then ask spirit why that happened for you. All right, spirit, like what happened in line at Starbucks? Help me understand. And either, either you'll get like an intuitive thought or you'll get an additional sign later on, a clarifying affirmation, an angel number, animal, something. Like, you'll get some clarity. Oh my gosh, we've covered a lot, but I want to leave you... <laughs> I want to leave you with one more tip for communicating with spirit. Um, and that is, ask for what you want. Show me an owl. Send me an unmistakable sign at an opportune time today. Send me a number today regarding my business question. Like, don't be afraid to ask for the communication that you desire. And this is true with angels and with loved ones. Remember the angels and guides, they are more proficient at communicating. So you can make very specific requests of them. Loved ones will do their best, but it, it may not go the way you want it to. So just keep that in mind. But don't be afraid to ask and communicate for what you desire. Angels and guides, they literally, their job is to help us. That's what they want to do. And asking for them is only going to allow you to better partner with spirit. And if you don't believe in angels, if that's like not a word for you or a thing for you, then sub out the phrase or the framing that works. So if, if you are a person that believes in the universe, like the universe has your back type of mantra, then 
view it that way. The universe wants to support you. It's designed to support you. Be clear about how you want to be supported and then allow it to come through that way. And asking for what you want will not always give you the exact type of communication that you want. Perhaps the method or the message will not be exactly what you wanted, or perhaps you'll like miss the message entirely. But when we invite in the help, when we welcome the messages and signs we receive, when we say, yes, angels, thank you for this, send me more, we'll begin to receive even more. Working with spirit can become a partnership. It can become a way of life. You can feel truly supported. If you're open to it, your life can be transformed by this partnership, by this open communication, because you're allowing spirit to support you in a way that's very clear. Okay, I hope this has been helpful. I know this is a longer episode than normal, but there's so much to say about spirit communication and dreams and animals and numbers and signs. If you have any clarifying questions, please let me know. If this was helpful, share it with your friends. I hope that you take this opportunity to invite spirit to convene with you more in, in your life, to give you greater feedback, to give you greater clarity, to give you inspiration about what is possible for your future. Have a beautiful and connected, communicative week, everyone. Bye, loves. Bye, loves.